I'd, I prefer you say Antonio Brown And only people who listen to the end will understand that joke. Hello and welcome to the Love Boat. I'm Matt Johnson, your captain. With me are my faithful seamen, Preet, Carter, Tyler. Guys, how's it going? My mic works again. Great. Pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty all right. Let's just start talking about this Saints game. There's a lot to unpack because I'm not I haven't decided whether or not I'm happy with the results. Obviously, we won, but there's a lot to discuss about problems that happen. Let's sort of start off with this. Maybe the most bipolar player in the league, at least on the Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Preet, I want to say he's the biggest problem on the team right now, but what do you think about Kirk Cousins and the current state of the Vikings? I mean, I'm not going to lie. After the game, I had a whole wave of negative emotions and like feelings despite the fact that we won. You and me too. But yeah, I guess it's a testament to the fact that we're playing awful and we're managing to squeak out these wins. Like last year, if this was that team, they'd be one and three and we'd be really confused about the state of the team. But you have to assume that at some point, Kirk Cousins is going to figure things out again. And hey, we all know when Kirk Cousins performs best. It's one o'clock games. And the next five weeks, we or the next five games, we have one o'clock games. So you assume maybe he can gone a little bit of a run there and hey looking at our schedule if he figures it out i honestly think we could keep our spot at the top of the division i think we will keep the spot at the top of the division at least for a while nobody looks like they're going to stand out but staying on the cousins track tyler is the offense really the perfect fit for cousins so far like we expected koc to just reunite with his guy from washington or is it kind of like falling flat is that part of the reason um i don't I don't want to say that the offense is a bad fit for Kirk. I think KOC has done some great things as far as play calling. I mean, you can go on Nick Olson's Twitter profile and he'll just rave about the play designs that Kevin O'Connell's made. But I just think Kirk Cousins for the past few years now has been protected by these fairly conservative offensive schemes. You know, he had like, the Kubiaks and Stefanski, Shermer even, that now that he's finally in a pass-first, aggressive, on-our-own-terms offense, I think he's forcing the issue a bit more. You know, he's trying to feed Jefferson. He's trying to do these things, and he's just not quite up to speed with it. And I think it'll take him time before he really settles down because he's – He's trying to balance like that perfect scale of being aggressive and making the right play. And it's really hard in this offense. I know Adam Thielen said that out of all the offenses he's had to learn, which is quite a bit, uh, this one's probably the most difficult to learn. I I think that's important. What I kind of got from you saying too, is I was just thinking about it as a whole, like he kind of excels when he's in a conservative offense and has uh, rare chances to really stretch the field. But now he's being asked to stretch the field more, and he's, like, suffering because of it. At least early on, I think he'll come around, um, and I'm not the biggest Kirk fan. Carter, why did Andy Dalton look better than Kirk Cousins the other day? It's it's wild. I really don't have an answer to it. I mean, it it has to be the Saints' game plan, and that, you know, I guess you're technically in a primetime game if you want to look at it that way. But maybe getting to maybe with, getting to London on Monday, too. We got there on Friday morning. Yeah, 
That's true. But it's, it is frustrating. And I bet Saints fans are scratching their heads too, that Andy Dalton, you know, good old red rifle has been performing better than Janice Winston with less pieces around him this game too. But the Saints came out with a really good game plan and kind of to back on what Tyler said, like the Saints came out with a game plan that I think favored in Andy Dalton. And uh, I completely agree with everything Tyler said, where he's in a scheme now that he's being forced to do more dynamic quarterback things. And that didn't really fit him necessarily before. So that's kind of where I am. It's, it is frustrating to see good old Andy Dalton outperform Kirk Cousins, but you know. I'm going to be honest. I disagree with what Tyler said when he talked about Kirk Cousins forcing the issue. There were times that game where you could see there was a man deep who's getting open and Kirk just took the easy check down. And honestly, I'm starting to wonder if the Mike Zimmer conservative style offense favored Kirk Cousins a lot more because even Zimmer was talking about how risk averse Kirk Cousins was towards the end of his tenure. And it just seems like once he gets hit once, he doesn't really want to take a risk again. Like Dennis Allen only brought the blitz four times, but their D line was dominating our offensive line. So Kirk wasn't willing to air the ball out as much. I think that's kind of what me and Tyler are saying though, that it definitely favored Kirk in the last system and that, given the opportunities that he's having to make more throws. Okay. okay. That's what we're saying. At least no, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I, I from what Tyler said, I kind of got that Tyler thinks that he's trying to force the issue more. And I think quite the opposite. I don't think he's trying to, force I think the he's being asked to, but he's not doing it. That's, yeah. not doing it. I think me and Tyler are coming from in that one. Cause that, I, I agree with you though. That third down after Jefferson, I guess drops that pass that was kind of behind him. Jefferson's coming wide open in the corner on that play. And I know Kirk said he thought the DB was going to sink back. But once you see, once you look that DB in the eyes and see he's going to come forward, I want you to let that ball go and give your best playmaker a chance to make a play. The problem with that one is he was, there was a defender in his face. It was a I mean, bad throw. It was boring. I'm going to say those good QBs make those throws. They, they agree, don't take the but, chances. No, I agree. But Kirk Cousins has been so. He's been crumbling under pressure since the Eagles game. Cy was, I mean, Cy said something on his show, and he was totally correct. Whenever Kirk Cousins gets hit, it feels like he's bracing for the hit, and he's, like, wincing before the hit comes. Who's Joe? Cy. Uh, their Vikings Who's show. Who's that? Like Cy Amundsen. I don't even remember him. I haven't listened to that show in years. <laughs> uh, it took me a second before I realized he was playing Dalton stupid. Oh, sorry. I think it's crazy how much Andy Dalton did with less. Yeah. I also think that's part of the D line not getting home again, which is there. But they put him in favorable positions to make what was their number one receiver, Jarvis Landry, if I'm remembering. Olave. Olave, that's Olave. right. Olave had a good game though. Olave's yeah. can be the truth. receiver, I think. Maybe him and Drake London. Him, Drake London. I like Dobbs, even though he fumbled and dropped a really important catch. Yeah, that 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 touchdown drop was unfortunate. Yeah, and if I'm you, sure you were if cheap, I, but it was that hard to see. <laughs> Hey, I got him. I had him starting on fantasy this week. I was hoping you he caught that. Rare pre Packers support. I have three Packers receivers on fantasy. I have Dobbs, Lazard, and Watson. It's a crapshoot who I start every week. That's, got a waiver claim out for Dobbs. He intrigues like me. But I'm stacked at receiver. Yeah, I was gonna say we're in a no, sixteen a team six, league in one a, of them. So. Oh no, it's a six team league. It's the it's the oh. Carter. You, Carter, you know which guy. You know what league I'm talking about. With I know, the guys. I know. Yeah. Well, as much as I love talking fantasy, maybe we should stick to Vikings for now. Just just a hinkling. You're uh, in my fantasy baby. We could beat the Cousins all horse right, all night, all day. But I kind of uh, hinted at this in the intro. A lot of people on you know like Vikings Twitter, Vikings Reddit aren't happy, even though we're winning. 
And I mean, I can kind of agree that like you don't have to be impressed with every game, even if it's a win. But it really is like disheartening when we're barely pulling out on teams missing their top running back, wide receiver, and quarterback, for example, against the Saints or the Lions, who, you know, as much as they are looking better, they're still the Lions. So, uh, pre, I'm kind of leaning towards maybe this new front office has an attitude and a swagger that's helping them pull out these games in addition to, you know, improved free agency and all that kind of thing. But what's your take on these really close games that, you know, the Vikings are pulling out, but they're not really clean wins. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I love the fact that we're pulling them out because you can talk about pretty losses all you want and how fun, like how encouraging they are. The Lions are losing really pretty but they're still one and three at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, we're still the second seed. But I just want to harken back to, I think the 2016 Panthers, me and Carter are 15. Yeah. Sorry. We're both from, uh, we're both, we both live in Charlotte. So we saw that team up close. And while everyone remembers Cam Newton's MVP run and just how dominant he was the first couple of games, like up till mid season, that team just won really ugly every single time. So what I'd tell you is, you know, look at them for an example. And you, you got to take these ugly wins and hope eventually they gel together. And, you know, locker rooms at some point believe their own hype. They're going to, you're going to catch the energy. They're going to go after it. And I think at some point we're going to see this team gel together and start putting complete games together. But until then, you got to find a way to get that end result. The other thing is, is the NFC is wide open. It's like the Eagles and then who? The Vikings, maybe? Maybe the Packers? Bucks? Bucks, I guess. Yeah, like I guess we don't even know. Like the Vikings, very well could be the second best. Team and hey, the, the Packers NFC lost. Power rankings. Power the rankings. Packers lost looks really less and less impressive week by week. I mean, they blew out the Bears. Yeah. And they struggled against the Buccane- a really shorthanded Buccaneers team. If you want to talk a shorthanded. Well, those are two solid teams at least. I mean, they were missing their top four receivers, and they struggled against Bailey Zappi with yeah, no Jacoby Myers. That was a rough which, game to watch. And they they probably yeah, I'm gonna be honest they probably should have lost that game. It I think is most Packer fans would agree with though. you too. I know one of the writers was like, "Yeah, we won, but we shouldn't be impressed at all in regards to the Packers." And like, here's the thing: that team has had a lot. I mean, I know the receivers are new, but that entire team is that the core nucleus outside the receivers have been a part of that team for a long time. And the fact that they're winning ugly, and they're you know we should be satisfied with the way we're winning, and we're pulling it out in tougher situations. Like we came to London on Thursday. Or no, fr- early Friday morning. And they were, even the players were talking about afterwards how like sleep deprived and how off schedule they were. If you can pull out a win off schedule like that against a Saints team who still, their defense was healthy. Their defense played very well. I I take that as an encouraging sign. And I hope going forward, we can put together some great games. Yeah, we'll talk about the Bears game later. But the last couple of games have felt like trap games in the sense that like, I think we know the Vikings have more talent and are a better team. but they've been so close and it's just, they're kind of playing to the level of their opponent and they've been doing that for a few years now. And it's just kind of uninspiring. Uh, Tyler, did you have anything add to add to this topic? Otherwise I want to ask Carter um, the same question because he has a different perspective as well. I don't think Quasi has had that much of an impact on winning football games. I mean, you look at his draft class and, you know, seeing he got hurt last week and he wasn't really playing booth has been a healthy scratch no he's been I mean, out he's hurt he, or he's, he's hurt either no, way he's been he's out not. since week one he has a quad injury regardless he 
hasn't had much of an impact. I don't think there's a single person from this draft class so far where it's like that guy's an immediate starter. He's Ed Ingram, large starting oh, right guard. Okay. Ed Ingram, but I mean, you even wrote know here though it, that like the free agents are it, playing a role. Brian Asamoah's been a stud on special teams. He had a great block to get Rieger on the outside. Naylor. Naylor even contributed with that catch that moved the chains. <laughs> we should talk about that too. Before yeah, we the, the special teams. This game. The special Wright. teams has been so immaculate. I was scared when we lost Ryan Ficken, but our new special teams coach, wow, he's done an incredible job. That was shocking for me as a Vikings fan. But Carter, what did you think when you saw the fake punt? So funny enough, I was watching with one of my friends and I jokingly said fake punt. And then it literally happened. Right. right. It was one of those where you're like, maybe this will actually be a fake punt. And then you're like, nah. And then it is. I, I won. What a cannon. Good grief. I mean, <laughs> well, he, he played quarterback. Football. He was a court, high school quarterback. Yeah, high school, well, yeah. <laughs> that's Let's talk about the motion on that, that too. Punt. So like he, he runs towards like where they're supposed to punt it. He runs upfield like he's going to go in punt coverage. Then he goes out. <laughs> he just like completely got the defender on his feet. Nailer did. It was it was crazy. It was I just love that play route. design. It was a great. I, route, I know we're picking nits, but like if he hits if he hits Nailer like between the numbers, Nailer's walking in for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fault, right? I'm not going to fault him because I don't think he practices that very often. We were praising <laughs> a throw. Everyone on the uh, the call team was praising the throw, too, but it was, it was short. He had to it was, yeah, it. Naylor had to, like, get on the ground. Though, and if Naylor, I if stand Naylor by makes... my tweet that's replace Cousins with Wright as soon as possible. I stand by that. Hey, hey, hey. Think about how much, like, we were talking about Kari Vedvik a couple of years ago saving the kicker and punter spot. Think of quarterback and punter spot, how much you save there. Quarterback, punter, holder, three and one, baby. Quarterback on a punter's salary. Hey, I mean, Cy more was money than Zach Davidson would have if. Uh, hey, Cam, I, that's that's the that's the joke I was gonna make. Is everyone was talking about Zach Davidson being the greatest trick punter of all time? What if the thicker Ryan Wright is the greatest punter of all time? Yeah, or we were, trick punter of all time. We were talking a lot about the punter, and there's like notes in this doc that we used for the show, and it's not worth just talking about a punter, but the special teams as a whole in the Vikings has been absolutely amazing. Like, that's literally been the highlight from every game so far is just how, you know, solid they've been playing. Even the kicker, like, you missed an extra point, playing 5D chess, kind of won the game for us, honestly. Uh, I think I'm it really increased the odds. Just, I mean, I'm no, it wasn't on purpose, but... I'm not going to really... say no, because Will Lutz had to make a 60-yard field goal. Didn't they? If, if we're up by four, they have to go for it on fourth and ten from, like... Disadvantage. I mean, Will Lutz is a good kicker, but you, you're right. Yeah, yeah, but if you're by four, he's not trotting out to attempt a 60-yard field goal. Yeah, I, yeah, the whole uh, missed extra point might have played out pretty well for us. I don't trust our two-minute drill defense to. Hey, hey, two-minute drill defense this year has been impeccable. They've only they haven't allowed Just a single point. Sorry, all I remember is uh 2021 Detroit game. With don't Goff. worry, don't worry. Bashad Breland is gone. He can't hurt the you. The bad anymore. man's gone. A Caleb Evans has taken his place as the guy who gets subbed in and then just plays terribly. Hey, I mean, like he gave up a 30 yard bomb. He gave up the go route. All. He gave up that go route, but all, then again, he had no safety help over top, and go routes are really hard to stop one on one when the receiver gets outside leverage and you're not playing press. 
What's the like, point of having like Jefferson, four Jefferson, free speed if you're a Caleb Evans, if you're like Trey Waynes and you don't use your arms to swat the ball I mean, down? To be fair, Jefferson did that exact same thing on the very on the very next drive to Marshawn Lattimore. And Dude, Justin, I'll defend a Caleb Evans. He's been pretty yeah, solid. He's been he's been serviceable. I'll give him. I think he's just the Vikings Twitter darling. I you know I haven't been that. No 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 because like I'm. No, because like at this point it's pandering, and that's like I'm starting to get a little confused why he's pandering so much. But I think he played all. I think that play is just a hard play to. He stop also had really good coverage, but you're right. He just should have made a play on the ball. It's hard though because he doesn't want to draw a penalty. Yeah, it's go routes are something you're always gonna get flagged on if you make any contact, incidental contact, even. It was also a really good throw and catch on the one in particular. I remember we yeah. were commenting in the group chat though that there were others, but. There were others that weren't great. Patrick Peterson made a similar play later where he just sinks forward, gives the red rifle that throwing lane, just jumps up and knocks it down, which is – I know we weren't talking about that, but holy cow, can a 32-year-old Patrick Peterson still get the job done? Yeah, he had a great game. Uh, before we move on to the Bears, I want to hit two more quick hitters. I'll just start with you, Carter, since we had a gap without. Um, how did the defense let Andy Dalton really hang in that game the whole time? I know he looked comfortable and maybe it's because they were in London longer, but they didn't even have their top wide receiver and running back. So it's like, I have, I do have some concern for the Vikings defense right now. No pressure at all. They cannot yeah. touch Andy Dalton. It was literally like Andy Dalton had coronavirus in May of 2020. They were staying so far away from that man, and it was ridiculous. I That was truthfully one of my biggest concerns. Honestly, probably more so of a concern than Kirk Cousins going forward, because I feel like we know more about Kirk, and we know that he's likely going to bounce back and still have a somewhat of productive season. But seeing how the D-line just got manhandled, you know, the Saints have a decent O-line, but with how talented the Vikings D-line is, that performance was really inexcusable to me. And like you, you know, we were talking about this earlier, like if you give Andy Dalton time, he's going to be a good quarterback. If you put him in a seven-on-seven game, he'd probably be a top-tier quarterback. It's just really frustrating, you know? Yeah, he's never been horrible, and I tend to forget that because he's just a backup now, but you know, there's an argument that he might be the better quarterback now than Jameis. Oh, 100%. So he didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he had a right. fumble, but two different really... play styles. If you want to score 40, but just like throw three picks in the process, you go Jameis. But if you just want like a sound, clean game, well, yeah, yeah less yards, not to talk to too much Dalton. fantasy football, but I've been basically not even fantasy streaming... football, just like well, a I have stat a line. No, like... I've been streaming the team. Whoever's playing the Saints, that's the defense I'm running. Yeah, I've noticed when James is starting. But I mean, I was gonna say is with with the uh, with the Saints. I'm not trying to get too much into like their team, but with the playmakers I have, you'd think that you can get a, a game manager like Andy Dalton to get the job done. Oh, absolutely. That's why we lost because it was a game manager in this defense. But also, I want to talk about the D line. I want to talk about the D line. Pass when, rush quick. Yeah, when Zadarius Smith left the game, because he was he was like rotating in and out in a couple snaps, they were, they they looked really tough. DJ Wanham had another great game, but Daniil Hunter is starting to concern me a little bit. And I know he's gone against uh, just he's gone against after week one, he's gone against a consecutive of Lane Johnson, Penny Sewell, and uh, this week Ryan Ramchick, who are three great tackles. 
but he doesn't look like he has the same athleticism and that same burst that he had, or maybe it's a schematic thing, but you got to hope that he gets better soon. Otherwise you might I think have it's to mostly schematic. Unfortunately, it's just that three, four isn't really, yeah, not, you, it hasn't turned out yet. But with the, uh, with the, with the, I mean, with the contract he's on right now, you, yeah, you might wonder, they cool. might, they might talk about, Hey, it might be something to do with his injuries. And we might need to get out from under it. Cause he, he needs to produce at a higher level. Like, I'm not as co- I know we talked about being concerned about cousins, but I'm starting to get really concerned about Daniil Hunter. If you're going to be concerned about the player on defense, that might be the right one to pick, I suppose. Here's, as a whole, the defensive the the, as a unit, it's been a little rough, but not player by player. I mean, no, maybe Daniel I mean, Hunter not playing they, up to expectations. Have they been really that rough? The, they've given up a max of twenty five points. Yeah, the big thing is I don't like what I'm seeing, but you have to admit they are playing. They're, uh, they're they're playing, playing a lot really good better. offensive lines. It's like, the same. It's for the core. It's the same core that was mostly there last year, and that was the thirty sec, thirty first, thirty second rated defense in the NFL. This is a massive jump. I mean, if I told you before the year started, four weeks into it, the maximum points they'd allow is 25, you'd have taken that deal. I think we got to start judging the defense for what it is rather than what it can be. I guess there should be some more concern in the offense. And before we move on, I have a quick question. It's foolish, but I think it's worth posing. Uh, just tell me why like, I shouldn't have any worries about Justin Jefferson getting involved going forward because this is... He finally got some volume this game and he came down with most of his catches, but there are still some drops here and there and maybe some lapses, you know, just mid game. He's getting maybe a little more frustrated than he did last year. All I'm going to say is I was right before, before I get into any major take. God damn it. Here we go. I don't even remember. I said this this week, I said this week, I think Justin Jefferson's going to go off. I mean, I heard from Tyler, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is good and like this, but in the NFL, you can't leave a premier wide receiver like Justin Jefferson man covered the entire game. You can't. I had this. I had the stat and everything. I thought. I thought we'd see the same thing with just Lattimore locking down and Matthew going to the Saints. Nope. I it mean, was so there was one incredible. It's not even the crossing route where he got two guys tripped over their feet. It was the out route. The amount of cushion he was about to be able to get on the out route. He did it with getting space. He did it with getting screen passes and making things happen before. He did it on that go route at the end where we saw where he stepped over Lattimore like he was Allen Iverson in the 2001 NBA Finals. Like, oh, I going forward, I think. If you're, I mean, the Saints tried to get more people on him, and then Adam Thielen started nickel and diming them, and he started taking away a lot of stuff for them. So at that point, you got to just go back to something where you say, "Hey, maybe we can't let Adam Thielen beat you," and that's just the luxury we have about having KJ and Adam Thielen is because when Jefferson gets that coverage, you at least have competent guys around him where you can they can take away some of the attention once in a while, and Jefferson might break open. Because he could have had two thousand, two I mean, not two thousand. He could have had two hundred yards this game, in my opinion. Would have kept the uh, dream alive of him breaking some records. But we've been talking about this for a long time, so let's move on to the Bears preview. <clears throat> Carter, what do you see in the Bears? Oh boy! So Justin Fields, they raved about how good his off season was. The Bears did nothing <laughs> to improve anything, and he has looked like one of the historically worst quarterbacks. It's propaganda, bro. It's ridiculous. Like I feel bad for him because I, I like Justin Fields to a certain extent, but I am 
not necessarily nervous about this game. Not at all. I do think the Vikings are going to win. I can get that prediction out of the way now and hopefully move to 5-0 and on my Vikings predictions this season, not to toot my own horn or anything. But I think that the Bears are going to find success running the ball like the Saints did. Um, they're going to be set up similarly to the Saints in just being a limited all-around team. And I think that they can run the ball pretty effectively with Herbert and uh, Montgomery. I think that'll end up working. And something else that I mentioned is they will randomly just gain chunk plays, just one, probably about one every game. They have one of the most explosive offenses in football yeah, somehow. But it's only one time a game that <laughs> happens, and it looks like they could win the Super Bowl when that play happens. Oh, that Darnell Mooney pass against the Giants? Yeah, I just yeah. like it, – it's crazy. So I'm, I'm expecting uh, something to be happening around where it might be a little tight or frustrating up front. But I think the Vikings are a much better team. You got Kirk at one o'clock, like y'all said earlier. I, I think the Vikings win this game despite some, you know, random bear sparks that happen. Yeah. A Kirk Cousins who for the first time in his career, might I add, is multiple games above five hundred. It's ridiculous to think about. Yeah, he's two games above five hundred. But what I was gonna say is, and this is the one thing I I would usually be concerned about coming back from London and playing a game immediately. But like I said before, they, the Vikings came on Friday and they're coming back. Their body They talked about how their bodies hadn't even adjusted to the London time. I'm hoping they can just snap right back into that Minnesota time zone. Because that would be – because it doesn't matter what team you play in the NFL. If you're not on schedule, you're going to have a rough I day. mean, they basically have a normal week to prepare anyway. Yeah, they do basically have a normal week to prepare. So, I, I mean, but also you can't look past this team and look at Miami already. Because if you do that, you're expecting your own de- defeat. And I mean, the Bears on certain drives when they piece it together, their offense does look good. The one man I'm really talking about on their team is corner Jalen Johnson. He, I mean, the guy who I think the Vikings are going to target is Kyler Gordon out of Washington, second round pick. He's been picked on by quarterbacks a lot, but Jalen Johnson has been really good to start the season. And you have to assume the Bears are going to have him shadow Justin Jefferson. So if you can take that away, make it 10 on 10 football, I like our offense's chances against their defense. Tyler, <clears throat> this is a bit of a ridiculous question on the surface, but think about it from the perspective that, you know, they both can run and have legs. Uh, is there any chance that Justin Fields has a Jalen like Hurts game in the sense that our defense really didn't know what to do with a quarterback that could move and run? And now we're facing another really mobile quarterback that they do actually get involved in the running game a lot. On paper, you have two different mobile quarterbacks, but in reality, one has AJ Brown, a top tier offensive line and a good running game around and has him. proven he can throw the ball too. That has proven he can throw right, the ball at all. Fields is just there on an Island. No help at all. And that's no not, line. No line. Go to Dozer. Maybe he's on a flooding Island. Maybe no, maybe Literally no David Montgomery this week. No Montgomery. They're going to what? Khalil Herbert. Cole uh, Komet's basically. Isn't Cole Komet. Out. I wasn't aware. He was out last week. Cole. Uh, Khalil Herbert's been playing very well. Yeah. But Cole Komet's really basically. This week, I thought he was. I don't think he is. It looked somewhat serious. Okay. I can look it up while you guys are while you're talking, Tyler. But. They I'm have just no not that worried about the Bears. I'm pretty confident that the Vikings are going to pull this out. Now, if this is a game that ends up like the Detroit game or the Saints game, I'm actually going to be kind of irritated about it because I, I, 
I respected the Saints defense last week. You know, I respected Detroit's offense the week before, but there is no reason why you can't blow out the Bears. So, yeah, Carter. So, this is kind of something I wanted to touch on earlier. And I want to bring up something Matt actually mentioned on, uh, I think, a podcast a few weeks ago. Like, ugly wins are wins. You don't think about them 10 weeks down in the road. You're just going to think about that as a win in the win column. And that's a philosophy that I've been kind of abiding to more so now is you don't really think about it too much later. However, if you get, what would that be, three of those wins in a row like this, I'm, that's cause for concern for me. If there's three just just sloppy, dirty wins like that, I think that can start to show the true nature of the team. But then again, if you pull it together, no one's going to be thinking about that. I uh, Go ahead. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't be as concerned if we struggle against the Bears, and that might be a weird take to have. I kind of agree with you. Because division games, division games are weird. We all know how weird division games can be sometimes. Like, th- like – Take, for example, the Rams. They clearly have a better team. The last four years, they've clearly had a better team almost every single year than the 49ers, yet they're 0-4 in San Francisco, and they've lost almost every single time to the 49ers in the regular season, right? Division games are weird. You're also coming back from London. I wouldn't – I mean, this team might struggle a little bit initially, but I'd hope they can pull out a good win. But if they can't, I wouldn't be too concerned, to be honest. And I know we're talking about, like, you know, sloppy wins are going to get a little concerning eventually. Until, you know, until you lose, I think you're going to be fine. I do agree with you to an extent, but it's the principle of how good this team looked week one and then to just follow that up just consecutively with just honestly kind of crappy performances is what kind of scares me. And I still don't think I can jump on the worry train even after that, like you said, because divisional games are weird, but it's the principle of putting out that many games in a row that just don't look good. Even though I do think the Vikings are going to pull it together and be, you know, a playoff team by the end of the year. I just, that's just a bad window. Can I really quickly talk about something I've noticed this week? Sure. If you keep it under two minutes this time. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, so, so a couple a couple of days, a couple of last week, I talked about how Kevin O'Connell threw another look after that Justin Jefferson in motion play that we saw week one. He threw yet another look out of it with that fake with that handoff and that jet sweep. Yeah, I noticed I, that. Yeah, that's what I was. I was like, so now he's thrown. He's shown you three potential ways he can attack you off that one look, and you have to be concerned about every single one of them. You can't leave Thielen back in the open. You can't leave Jefferson. You can't. You have to watch him the entire way through to make sure one he doesn't get the ball handed off to him, or two he doesn't catch the ball in flat and the flat and is able to turn up. And we haven't even, I think the next variation of this that we're going to see is we're going to see like, I mean, Irv Smith or Johnny Munt, whoever God willing can catch the ball leak out on like the opposite side and Kirk just throw a wide open pass there. But just the, I, I think I value the offense by the amount of looks they're able to toss you, the amount of plays they're able to toss you from the same look. And that's just incredible because it used to be, you know, Vikings getting this personnel, you know, it's a run, you know, it's a play action. You could call it out from home. But now the fact that you can, you're so varied in your approach is honestly mind blowing. All right, let's do uh, predictions for the Bears game quick. I'll just go throw mine out there quick. I think the Vikings win 24 10, I'll say. And the only touchdown the Bears gets garbage time. Uh, pre prediction quick. And then we'll just go Tyler after and Carter. We're leading at halftime 14 to 10, but we end up winning 31 17. 
Tyler? 28-7, Vikings. Sounds like we're all picking the Viking. Carter, do you have a score? Or you just want to we're stick gonna with say, Vikings? You know, Bears put up about mid-teens, you know, 14-17, something around there. Vikings probably put up low 30s to high 20s. I think it was a little bit of a struggle up front. Vikings get their groove. We're hoping on these predictions here. I just want to hold that above y'all's <laughs> if I keep winning out on this. To be fair, I'm right behind you. The only one I missed was the Eagles. So, so technically, I would. I think I'm 0 5. If I were 100% right so far, the Vikings would be undefeated, which is kind of ridiculous. But wait, I mean, can we, can we take a little, little team meeting? Wait, no, 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 no. I'm one. I'm two and no, sorry. I'm two and three. I thought we were going to beat the Saints. I thought we were going to beat the Lions. So I'm, there's four. Or two games. and two. I'm two and two. I'm two, two and two. two. My okay. bad. Tyler, what are you at? I think we in the group chat, we said like, yeah, I think you'd won right, Tyler. I unfortunately. Had won, and it's still one because I said Jefferson under 50 yards, Saints win. So okay. <laughs> so one and three. So yeah, Tyler, okay, it goes right down the dog, line. Dog, dog, maybe just pick against the Vikings every week week at this point. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Isn't like Carter undefeated in this or something? Can he like yeah. yes. the lottery yeah, numbers? Just said please. That. Tyler, I, I want to make this a stat just to toot my own horn. No, Carter's really good at this. I remember he a few years back, Auburn's football schedule came out. And the day came out, he's like, yeah, we're going to win nine games. And they won exactly nine games. And they well, won the exact games he said they were going to win. In in fairness, Auburn football under the Gus Malzahn era was a fairly easy thing to predict record-wise. Yeah. The Harson era is relatively unpredictable. Uh, you don't that's, know. It's a way to he might, it. he might yell at the media. He might bang his coaching assistant. <laughs> All right, Carter, do you want it to do Super Gremlin very on a very related note? Ending the regular segment of the podcast on that note, we're moving to our segment called Super Gremlin, which is where we talk about basically any athlete or any personality that's done anything crazy or heinous by the week. And we chose Super Gremlin because of what Antonio Brown referred to himself as when he let, left MetLife Stadium to end his NFL career. And well, to keep everything in line, I want to go to Matt first. Yeah, so on a related note, um, the Super Gremlin himself, AB, is my submission for the Super Gremlin of the week from me. Um, eight days ago, he pinned a tweet, and it's basically comparing himself to Jesus. Now, <laughs> our opinions of him of him differ a little bit there. He thinks of himself that highly. I don't want anything to do with AB, and every team that's had him has gotten rid of him. So I don't know if that's a really good take, but... I don't know. Maybe if you listen to his rap career and you're an ultra fan, you could maybe, you know, stretch it that far. But that's my submission. I don't know. Whoever's next can go. My pick is Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, might know that hmm. Tom Brady himself, the goat, is going through some marriage troubles at the moment. And uh, Antonio Brown, his former teammate, isn't doing anything to help this as he posted a picture of Giselle Bunch and Tom Brady's wife hugging him in his arms and looking very lovingly into his eyes. And he put a caption, get that shit on. They're so, just roommates, dude. And they were roommates. They were. But, oof, yeah, that's buddy. just some good old regular roommate posting. Nah, I'm going to be honest. You don't do that to the quarterback who got you a ring and who stuck his neck out on the line for you twice. That's some shitty behavior. <laughs> but that's why he's a gremlin. He's a super gremlin. My super gremlin of the week is Antonio Jesus Brown. Uh, he got a gig uh, rapping at a bar I guess he's got a rap career now, so there's that. He's had a rap career, okay? Don't he's had a rap career? Like that, yes. really? He's dropped albums before. Yeah, you should check out his SoundCloud. 
It's, I don't want to. Have you not heard that? Have you not heard the song "Got a Whole Lot of Money" by Antonio Brown? His track on Logan. Remind me of this. His track Super Gremlins a really good rap name. That 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 was a suppressed memory pre. The funniest thing is, I think that's a diss track on Logan Paul too, who is probably at this point richer than Antonio Brown. Well, to close things out in an appropriate manner, maybe an appropriate manner, depending on how you take the subject of my super gremlin. <laughs> but my super gremlin is Antonio Brown, and Antonio, good old Antonio, took a trip to Dubai, where he <laughs> no, it was Florida. Get into a pool and expose himself to all the guests there expose himself is like being very conservative yeah yeah we uh antonio's been doing really well lately uh to close things out on you know a very somber he was in dubai by the way oh it was was? i thought it was in florida no dubai makes no difference either way i mean they're both I feel like you get a lot more trouble exposing yourself. In yeah, Dubai than yeah. In Florida. Florida, this is normal behavior. No, 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 no. Can I, can I put out the funniest part of the video? It's not that he was fully exposed and showing <laughs> his butt. It's the fact that when he lifted his feet up, he had socks. He was in the pool with socks and nothing else. The one clothing item that you could considerably not be in the pool with, he's in the pool with. It I makes think no the funniest sense. part is the very poor blurring job. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, now I know how long it is. Okay. So. All right, yep. yeah. Big Ben might have had another meeting when he said, go long, Antonio. You know, I, I – oh, my gosh. They should have blurred it with Big we Ben's face with that out. meme where he's going – This is the worst one we've done. <laughs> yeah. This is fucking awful. I'm sorry. I love this so much. This Carter, <laughs> Carter, I want to hear the rest of your point because it was very important, and then uh, let's close out. I was just going to say that, uh, you know – as much as we like to make fun of him, he's definitely a victim of CTE. Yeah, yes. please get some help. He needs help. And it's funny to talk about, but it's really sad to see that, you know, football has broken so many people like Yeah, that. it's unfortunate he's such a good character because he plays into the character and he just does whatever he wants. But there's definitely some issues like you're saying. His but personality meshes horrible with CTE that everyone just makes. And being a professional athlete who's famous. Someone on Twitter said Antonio yeah. Brown showed his big Ben. And I can't get over how funny that is. Very fitting since we were just in London. Business is booming. Fuck it, you stole my outro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it wasn't good anyway, so sorry everybody you had to listen to that and goodbye. You have just completed your voyage on the love boat. Okay. Business is booming, baby.